Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. <laughs> we were kidding. Right. We're here. No, I wasn't kidding. What's we're going doing, on? We're doing it fucking live. Yeah. I'm Grant. That's Jake. It's Mitch Jake is here. And there's Mitch. How's it going, everyone? We got. We got. Uh, we're back. You know, let's just get right into it. How about Dahmer. This? We're gonna talk part two. Jay Dahmer. Uh, last time when I left you guys, I was telling you about uh, how I got arrested for, uh, you know. Beating it in public in front of twelve-year-old boys by a river. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, that is not enough to get you a life sentence in prison. Uh, so let's see how we ended up getting that, shall we? Because uh, spoiler alert: he he goes to prison. Yeah. Yeah. So sometime after this, right? Uh, he uh picks up a man, right? This is when uh they the the killings start, right? Uh, named Stephen Tuomi. On uh, in November, to owe me. To owe me. You owe me. Yeah, Mitch, you owe me. Apparently, money for chicken. Hell yeah, money you do. Money for chicken. That's what we're talking you about. You owe yeah. me, bro. You too owe me. To owe me. <laughs> I don't remember this conversation, but okay. Either way, uh, to owe me was a uh, white man, which makes this the th- uh, second of the three white people that uh, Dahmer murdered. All the others were of different, various descents. Uh, they're uh, black people, like Native Americans, uh, Laotian people, of all sorts. But this was the second of the three white people. What is Laotian? From Laos. Okay. Like Khan from King of the I Hill. am from Laos! Yeah. <laughs> so are you Chinese or Japanese? <laughs> yeah. So Stephen Tuomi, right? He's a... He's a he no- owes me. He owes you. And on his November life. of 1987, uh, he was a 25-year-old living uh, living his life, you know, in a uh, gay night club. Uh, he, he was called Club 219. Wait, did you say game night or gay night? A gay night club. Okay. That, uh, the homosexual you said community. I was like, a game night club? I would join that. No, yeah. But that was not You could go to this place, too. You'd probably get a lot of free drinks. Yeah. Right? I am a handsome man. You are. I'm not going to lie to myself. <laughs> I'm devilishly It's safe now. But yeah, all right. So uh, he was living his life. You know, he's 25 years old. He's living his life. Club 219. Uh, he was a young man from Ontonagon, Michigan, right? So he's living his life at this nightclub. Jeffrey Dahmer approaches him, right? And the two decide to leave together, uh, renting a room at the Ambassador Hotel for a little fun. Right? 
you think they were going to play games? Yeah, the game night with their penises. Uh, the game night spelled G A Y. I call it cock right? jousting. <laughs> Something like you that. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the scene in Borat when he goes to the, the pride parade and he he takes two guys back with him. He's like, they traditionally wrestled like we do in Kazakhstan. Yeah. <laughs> so are you telling me? Man who shoved the rubber fist up my anus was a homosexual. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah. didn't understand what was going on until then. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was the gay community we were dealing with there, and this is the gay community, right? They were at the Ambassador Hotel, right? All right, and uh, they were they went there for a little fun. They begin drinking, and they pass out, and Dahmer wakes up, and guess what's laying there? It's Tuomi, and. Uh, yeah, his uh, there's blood pouring out of his mouth. His jaw and rib cage are crushed in. Apparently, he Dahmer, shoved more than a rubber fist. It, up this he man did his... some crazy shit to this guy. He like, he that? just beat him to death with his hands. Basically, Jeffrey Dahmer beat this man to death with his hands. But he was very surprised to uh, to actually see this because he had blacked out the night before. He didn't remember it. Convenient story. Yeah, isn't it? But. So based on some of the later things, you'll see that he probably did black out because he's pretty honest about some things. But, uh, yeah, he was surprised to discover that he had literally uh, beat a 25-year-old man to death. So what does he do? He goes down to Grand Avenue Hotel, and he picks up a suitcase, and he goes back to the room, uh, packs up the corpse, and he calls a cab. He took the corpse to his grandmother's house. And what do you think he did after that? Fucked it. Not quite yet. He masturbated onto it, though. He, uh, oh, he jerked it, loaded on this bad. guy. Yeah. I thought this guy was a complete creep for a minute. Sorry. <laughs> He's working his way there. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he jerked onto it. And uh, the next day, he uh, cut off uh, Tuomi's head, right? His arms and his legs. He uh, cut all the flesh from the bones. Put the flesh in garbage cans, uh, smashes the bones with a sledgehammer, and puts it all out to the curb with the rest of the trash. Taking out the So trash. pretty thorough, right? Pretty thorough for something that he <laughs> had to do without realizing he'd have to do it. It's garbage day. <laughs> garbage day. <laughs> Ricky goes ape shit. <laughs> I love that scene. That scene's awesome. Oh, God. But, all right, he did all this in under, like, two hours. Because the other thing, like, he, he still was living with his grandma, and he didn't expect to do this, right? You know so his this... grandma was doing fucking peyote or something that she, she didn't was, pay attention she to She seemed this. pretty, I don't know, maybe she had a day job or something, I haven't looked into that, but Hooking. she seemed to not notice a lot of things that he was doing in the house. Jeffrey Dahmer's grandma was a hooker. Maybe. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't I know assume. what she's doing, man. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the body, uh, yeah. So he did it in under two hours, right? The only thing he kept from the body, which this is the first time he uh, he actually kept a trophy, which, you know, it's under, it's a second kill. He's like, may as well make a habit of this. Uh, he kept the head, which he kept wrapped in a towel for two weeks. And uh, he then boiled the head in a cleaning chemical called Soylex and bleach. Yeah. Soylex. Uh, an alkali-based industrial detergent. There you go. Is. Yeah, he said uh, he well, he would do that with a lot of his bodies later on, but like he said, it it pretty much just made the flesh like gelatin, and so it would like wash just right off. Soil that, soil that, soil that, soil it. 
So yeah, he soilixed it and uh, and he bleached it, and then he tried to uh, masturbate with it, but the chemical concoction that he uh, you know boiled it in made it really brittle, so it just kind of fell apart in his hands. I don't know how he was trying to masturbate with a skull. Was it like an iramatio sort of thing, or like no, that was just, eye socket? What was it? That's just jerking off, man. You know, I don't know. Everyone's got their thing. I, I. I Without getting too graphic, I mean, I'm okay with <laughs> with your standard lotion, not the skull of a dead <laughs> yeah, body. Okay. All right, so you don't need the lotion to be applied to anything uh, aside from yourself? No, I, I, I do not require the dismembered head of a corpse, but I'm still young. Yeah, Things might yeah, change. I mean, we don't yeah. know. We don't know. He may have just been getting too excited. This was his first kill in nine years. This randy bastard. It's true. He was, he was Randy. Randy. All right, go on. So yeah, so it was nine years after his first kill when he was eighteen. Remember the hitchhiker? Uh, it was a crazy weight set scenario. Scenario. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So two months after this, uh, Dahmer met a fourteen-year-old boy named Jamie Dockstater uh, outside of Club Two Nineteen. Dahmer invited him back to the apartment uh, to take photographs of him, which is a classic Dahmer move. You're gonna see that he. Uh, that's how he lured a lot of people back to his apartment, was promises of taking photos. Do you like pictures? Do you like photography? I have them. They're all You want to be in a picture? Imagine that being just like the biggest surprise of your life. Like, you want to be in a photograph? It'd be amazing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he met this uh, Jamie Dockstater, right? Invited him back for a few photographs. Uh, Jamie goes with him. They take some pictures. Uh, Dahmer drugs him, then strangles him to death. Uh, he then cuts up the body, breaks the bones with a hammer, bagged it all up. Same scenario. He just did it again. Uh, two months after this, Dahmer meets uh, Richard Guerrero, right? He repeats the whole process again. Uh, but in between the strangulation and the dismemberment, uh, Dahmer has sex with the body. This is the first time he does this. This is sort of a pivotal escalation point. Cold packing. Cold packing. Isn't that from, uh, what is that? Sons of Anarchy? It is. Something like that. Yeah. He's cold packing. I like that terminology, cold packing. It's very on the nose. It's, uh, well, not necessarily. It's just gross enough to be a good joke. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know right. what I mean? Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> so that's uh, escalation, if I ever heard about it. Uh, Guerrero's family, uh, they actually hired a. This is kind of sad. They hired a private investigator to like look into their son's disappearance, and uh, it, it was later found out that the private investigator was kind of a uh, hack, right? He didn't do anything, and he just went back to him in like a few weeks, months, something like that, and just said, oh, it was probably a drug deal gone bad. Like He did absolutely no work to actually try to find out what happened to this guy, and if he ha- had he found out that it was Dahmer and he like led all these things back to him, he could have saved lives, he could have had like a crazy uh, career move going on there. Yeah, no one said that this guy was good, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you hire a cheap PI, you're getting cheap PIs. It's like uh, Gene Parmesan, you know? <laughs> he's a master of disguise, though. <laughs> but he's terrible at his job. Yeah, but he's, he's, you never know when he's going to show up, you know? Gene Parmesan. That's a cut I'd never thought I'd reference on this show, but here it is. <laughs> Why not? It's a great show. But, uh, no, yeah, so... Yeah, he got like thousands of dollars after doing absolutely nothing and giving them a bullshit answer. 
But anyway, uh, so here we are. It's the summer of 88. Uh, Dahmer's been living with his grandma, right? Uh, Grandma Dahmer decides that it's time for Jeffrey to move out. Uh, She notices a black ooze coming from some garbage bags in the front of her fucking house. She's like, well, what... I'm not doing. What's this black what ooze? This? Like what that. It's kind of alarming, right? Coming out of some trash bags. You want the black ooze? I get you a good price. You want the black ooze? I have black ooze. Dama residence. But um, yeah. So she uh she didn't go to Jeffrey directly about this to address it. You know, she went to her uh, her son, his father, Lionel Lionel Dahmer. Lionel Huts. <laughs> Yeah. Don't set me up. The Simpsons. If you yeah. don't want me to knock it down, Jake. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I understand. I'm. Uh, I do that to myself all the time. What are you going to say, Mitch? I just thought of one thing. Dahmer. Now that you we know everything about this man, it's just such like an evil name. You think people, you know, with that name are just like we have to change it immediately? It's like Hitler. Well, some of his family members definitely changed their names after this. Dahmer. I'd keep it. They'd be like, are you kind of like an intimidation like, thing? Like yeah. In business deals, you're like, mm, Mr. Dahmer doesn't uh, see then, eye to eye. But then your this. boss is like Jake Gacy. It's like, <laughs> and then it's like a whole. It's thing. like, oh god, he's, he's politically tied. Oh no, <laughs> please don't fuck my dead corpse. <laughs> They're both terrible. Wouldn't you men? love to That's... see like a fist fight between Dahmer and Gacy? <laughs> My, my money's on Gacy. No, hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. It is. It would, Dahmer, it would just be. It would just be rope against sleeping pills. That's all it is. But Dahmer has like the. He's like wily, you know. He's like he could kind of scrap around. Yeah, he's like a, a wet noodle, you know. He's wet noodle. He also like we discussed in the last episode. He was doing like weight training. He was fucking six foot four. The guy was like built like a goddamn tank. He's wearing ankle weights just so that so, when he takes them off, he can run a little. I bit feel faster. like if Dahmer was drunk enough, he could beat Gacy. Yeah, <laughs> you know and what Gacy I mean. Gacy dresses like a clown. What a pussy. <laughs> Grant hates clowns. Clowns aren't the best. I don't really Killer care. Clowns from Outer Space, great movie. The but. more I, the more I like get into true crime. Like John Wayne Gacy is just like a poser among the rest. I don't like him. He ruined too many lives that weren't murdered. You know what I mean? It's like his crime was so. This is completely off topic. To <laughs> we're me, just talking about a different serial to killer. To me, Gacy's crimes were like so selfish. That, like, it literally destroyed, like, his entire family, who he claimed that he loved. At least Jeffrey Dahmer was just, like, a loner, and he was just like, yeah, I'm just killing people. But uh, besides the people he actually maimed and murdered, no one really got hurt. <laughs> I think their families probably cared, right? Yeah, definitely families. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I don't I'll know discuss about that. I'll discuss that a little bit later. All right, all right, all right. But anyway, yeah, summer 88, uh, still at Grandma's house. She sees this black ooze. She's like, what the fuck? Lionel, talk to your son. Right? And uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, after being, uh, uh, you know, confronted by his father, Lionel, about this, uh, he said that he was just up to his old childhood tricks of removing flesh from animals that he finds with chemicals. Right? Just classic. Standard kid shit. Kid shit, man. It's just kid shit. Uh, So Grandma said, get on out of here, right? Uh, so on September 25th of 1988, uh, Jeffrey moves into an apartment on North 24th Street in Milwaukee. Uh, he was there less than a month before he picked up a 13-year-old boy outside of a middle school, right? Middle school. 
Uh, Dahmer said he wanted to try out his new camera, and all these other boys he asked would not help him out, and he asked if this guy specifically would help him out. How does Ed feel, like, to be that guy, like, you're the fucking serial killer's last resort? No one else would take the bait. And <laughs> I'm then, sure it was just a line, but yeah, probably, like, even in retrospect, it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, it's like, I wasn't even the first choice of this deranged monster. Like, <laughs> that, that has to hurt a little bit, you know? Oh, I hope this kid found love. But uh, after all... Oh, he fucking found oh, love. Yeah. After, he found uh, him. Yeah, maybe. In his prepubescent anus. No way, dude, because this guy got away, right? All right, so after Woo! going, uh, after... Uh, after actually going, the boy uh, was, you know, he was offered 50 bucks. He was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. I'm in middle school. 50 bucks is a lot of money way back here in this Oh, yeah, time. dude. I'll, take, I'll let someone take a picture of me for 50 bucks. Yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. Now, if you want me naked, no thank you. That's 75, solid. But if you just want a picture of me, hell, I'll give it to you. You can have it. Yeah. I Share the love. As I've said before, I'm a handsome devil, and I'll share that love everywhere. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh yeah so uh so Dom gave this uh, this this little boy he's uh he's thirteen years old fifty bucks to have some pictures taken of him back at his apartment uh they went back and he gave the boy Bailey's coffee and a bit of Halcyon nice it's, yeah, which is like a chemical like a uh, Valium something like that you know I like Valium I've never had it should I try it <laughs> should I make it a habit uh I wouldn't make it a habit but it definitely is cool. All it's right. the closest I'm going to get to a Quaalude, so. Can't even find ludes anymore. It's a goddamn shame. But, all right, so the boy went, uh, you know, he went with him. Uh, he was uh, he was drinking he was drinking this concoction. Dahmer actually, uh, he let this boy go, right? Uh, the boy went home all drugged up. His family took him to the ER. They found drugs in his system. And through description... And the fact that Dahmer was a registered sex offender from many previous things, you know, jerking off in front of little boys by rivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he was already in the system. Uh, Jeffrey was arrested while working at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory at 2.30 a.m. the next day. I do want to say my parents went to that Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Really? In 1990. What? <laughs> Yeah, they're How like, have you not told... We've been I mean, researching they, Dahmer for two weeks. You haven't told me this? They never, like... Obviously, they didn't, like, meet him or anything, but, like... They, they it was, shake like, his hand like, you're doing a great job with the fucking caramel. Like, like uh... No, they... Yeah, they went on, like, some tour. They were up there, and they were, like, checking out the factory. And, yeah, it was 1990 before they got married. And then, uh... They were, like... I was talking about Jeffrey Dahmer one day. I don't know. When I was probably, like, nine... And they were like, what do you know about Jeffrey Dahmer? And I was like, I don't know. They were like, we were at his chocolate factory while he worked there. And I was like, that's so cool. Dude, Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Just a side That's note. actually amazing. I, like, can't believe that. What else are you hiding from me? Oh, you'll find out. All right. Well, so, yeah, he was arrested at Ambrosia. Turkey in the Tr- straw. My straw? Go on. God, fuck you, man. All right, so he gets arrested at work. The Ambrosia Chocolate Factory is 2.30 in the morning the next day. Right uh, when he is uh, questioned about the boy being underage, Dahmer simply replied, you know, it's always so hard to tell. (laughs) I could have swore this kid was like 60, okay? I swear, people shave now, okay? So he didn't have any pubes. 
but I didn't think anything of it because uh, you know we're out of the seventies. We're not doing that. You know, like the the crazy hair. Everywhere. I love Bush, it's, the president, and the other one. There you go. We already have we have Bush coming up on the docket. We don't need Bush uh, personally. All of us. That's what everyone thought in the eighties, right? I don't know what your lives are like. I was born in the nineties. So Dahmer claims uh, that he used the same cup as the boy uh, that that the boy like used to drink the Bailey's coffee and Halcyon. Uh, so he was like, yeah, I just drink that out of that cup all the time. That's for me. Uh, there was probably some residue left on there. That's probably why it was in his system, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. He pled guilty um, to the sexual assault, and while, uh, while awaiting sentence, uh, his fifth murder occurs... A man named Anthony Sears, right? Anthony Bourdain? No, he took care of himself. Oh. <sighs> but anyway. All right, continue. Yeah. I, I'm going to go get a drink. Continue. Are you, you leaving? All right, well, I'll just talk to the viewers. And Mitch just got back. He was gone, too. All right, so Anthony Sears, a man named Anthony Sears, right? Uh, he was an aspiring model. Uh, they went back to Dahmer's place. The uh, process repeated itself, right? He, uh, he drugged him. Strangled them, cut them up, boiled the heads, all that stuff. Uh, but this time, Jeffrey, uh, he uh, he boiled it in water, right? He boiled the head in water, which is actually the proper way you're supposedly supposed to do it in, like, taxidermy and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, he boiled it in water. and then Water, proceed- you say? Yes, water. That's H2O. what I just put how into my body. It's going to say, how was the drink? It was watery. Yeah. Just Tasted like, like melted ice. Melted flesh of hey, skull yeah it tasted like <laughs> boiled a head nice nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds like something else boiled head oh oh god mitch <laughs> but, uh, so he boiled <laughs> he boiled the head in water right and then he uh proceeded to paint it gray now so he would like oh paint... he didn't paint it black no no he's not the rolling stones he didn't listen to the words but of that decrepit piece <laughs> he of heard shit. the words wrong but no, uh, so yeah, he he uh, he would commonly do this. He would like uh, every skull that he, uh, let's say, came across. Uh, he would yeah ca- yeah he yeah. came across those. That's fucking what I'm skulls. talking about, baby. All right. So anyway, he would paint him gray, uh, so as like a deniability sort of thing. So if you ever got caught, he could just say that they're like plastic fakes, which you could just totally just if if they looked at all, they could just tell that it's not. But anyway. So yeah, he painted it gray. Uh, he preserved the genitals and uh, in acetone, as well as the, uh, as well as the head. And guess where he stored both of these things? Anus. Probably before he put it in the other place. But yeah, all right. So anus, and then he put it in his fucking work locker at Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. The nice. genitals and the head, and uh, yeah. Because he didn't want to like take it home. At this point, at some point uh, during all these uh, trials and hearings, he moves back in with his grandma, right? So he doesn't want to take the heads and genitals uh, soaked in, uh, you know, chemicals. He didn't want to take them home to his grandma because she was like all up in his black ooze. So, uh, well, I guess that's nice. Yeah. So he just like uh, stuck in his work locker at Ambrosia. Uh, this skull Ambrosia. actually. Ambrosia. It, it uh, later would become the centerpiece of his altar. You oh, yeah. want to talk about the it altar be- right now? I'm just making cum jokes that are not working here. I'm sorry. No, your first couple were good. You can just ride those. 
No, I can't. I'm, I'm setting you up for perfect ones right now. I strive for the best, okay? I refuse to settle. Well, anyway, any uh, aspect of my life. Well, let's settle on the this altar. Let's talk about I'll this altar. I'll pay you $50 right? for sex, just let's like go, Jeffrey All right, let's go back to your place. But anyway, all right, so <laughs> he would later uh, make this altar, right? And this head, specifically from this victim... Uh, would be the centerpiece. This uh, this altar that he would later build, it is insane. Like, if you read the description of this thing, it had seven skulls. Uh, it had two entire skeletons. It was just covered with photos of all of his victims. Because, you know, they were all like... Uh, he would just take photographs of them all. And it was all on this black table with incense, like, burning on either side. And... uh one thing that he never got to do, he wanted to buy a really, really nice, like, black chair just to, like, sit in front of it and look at it. Yeah, all right. And typical jerk off, creep you know. uh, mentality, Yeah, I guess. there you go. So, I uh, just really want this chair so I could, like, look at my defiled corpses in my living room. It was definitely a jerk it chair. Like, that's that's the sole reason that chair was going to be there. Hey, man, more power to If you can afford it, go ahead, and I ain't going to stop you. Yeah, you probably could afford it, too, man. He was getting paid, like, bank at Ambrosia. It was, like, $9 an hour, which, like, in today's money, it's, like, 20 bucks an hour. Hell, even in today's money, $9 an hour is not the that's worst not thing the worst, that's ever dude, happened in Indiana here, isn't it? Still, like, seven fifty is minimum wage. I fucking freelance my shit and write papers for shitty people, so I don't even know what proper hey, living wages people. are. I did that, too, for a while. It was terrible. I don't know how you keep doing that, man. I couldn't power stand through it, it, dude. Just power through. It's so annoying. But anyway, enough about our jobs, right? All right. So uh, later on, like uh, in Dahmer's career, after he actually gets caught, um, he said that the altar was dedicated to himself. It was like a place that he could call home, right? Oh, inside of his house. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. This part of my house is where I can really say this is my house. It really helps the the feng shui. Of the room, you know? That's some it makes his house feel like a home. Yeah, this guy's definitely got money, because that's some rich people shit right there. I'm telling you, man. So, uh, alright. At this point, right, sentence comes for the previous Cub. sexual assault uh, that happened before this uh, latest murder, right? Uh, through, uh, so yeah, sentencing came for the previous sexual assault charge, uh, and though three separate doctors claimed that Dahmer was angry, elusive, uh, manipulative... Possibly schizophrenic, uh, sexually disturbed. Uh, Dahmer was merely given a five-year probation. Right? It's nothing. It is not that much. And uh, after uh, some begging, he was able to keep his job at uh, Ambrosia Chocolate Factory working nights. So pretty much he's fine after this. He just pretty much got off. (laughs) Ha ha, yeah, he did. He gets off. Oh, yeah. So, uh... He was actually put on a work release sort of thing. He was kept in jail for a little while, but he was ultimately released. So he was on work release. He would be in jail during the day. He would work at Ambrosia Chocolate Factory during the night. So he was on that work release thing for about a year, right? And uh, then he was just released. Uh, And after being released uh, to the public and to work and just to do whatever he wants, though his caseworker was supposed to make visits to his house every two weeks... Dahmer ended up living in such a bad neighborhood, uh, she would never visit once. She just never showed up to check on him. Nice. Makes sense. Yeah, right? Doesn't seem like the 
justice system is failing us all here. But, uh, yeah, so he lived in a bad neighborhood. She never showed up uh, because, though, briefly, uh, Dahmer had moved back in after the, like, sentencing and everything. He'd moved back in with his grandma, and he was released. And then, shortly after that, he moved into the infamous apartment 213 at 924 North 25th Street in Milwaukee. And this is where she gets crazy. This is his own place. This is the place... Everyone knows. This is the fucking with sex dungeon, murder dungeon, body, I, I don't know what, body factory. This is where you don't want to be, okay? <laughs> this is where bodies get processed by the dumpster. If you ever had a bad day, you never got invited to this guy's house, okay? Man, what do you think What do you think the landlords thought about this? Like, we have to burn this place down, the whole, uh, yeah. the whole apartment complex. We'll get to something like that. Like, it, it'll, little things will come out about the people around him, actually. Like, they're... Like he wasn't. It was. It's so crazy that he got away with doing the shit that he did for so long. He literally had two thousand three hundred and seventy-eight people living on his block alone with him. He was in an enormous apartment complex, and literally over two thousand people. So he, uh, yeah, he was on the work release for a year. There were no kills. Uh, less than a week at his new place, he gets his next victim. Right. Ha, 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 He's like, ha. you know what, I'm free. I can do it again. That was weird. We all Silence. just kind of looked at each yeah. other for a second. I don't know why. Stop looking at me. It's probably because we're about to talk about Raymond Smith, male prostitute. Oh, $50 yeah. for sex. Dahmer used seven sleeping pills and a drink. He strangled him. Next day, he posed the body. He took some pictures. Normal situation, he just, he boiled him, he fucking cut him up, put him in trash bags, left him out, smashed up his bones. Well, that's not normal, but for Dahmer it is. Yeah, you know, in the context of this episode, just normal shit. Hell yeah, dude. We ain't fucking talking about, like, going to the store and picking up a pack of fucking bananas and making your wife a nice pineapple upside down (laughs) cake. A pack of bananas? That would be normal, okay? This is fucking insanity. A pineapple cake? All right. That is insanity, Jesus. You know why? That's normal, though. I like to fucking spice up life a little bit, okay? And my thing is, when I tell you you're getting a pineapple upside-down cake, you think you know what you're getting, don't you? But when I put some fucking bananas in there, your mind is fucking blown. Boom, banana bread. You don't know what's happening to you. You think everything's upside-down, black is white, orange is red, left is right, down is up. I'm inside of a mountain, okay? So if we're expecting something from you, we can expect to make some mistakes, eh? Maybe. Well, uh, Dahmer made a mistake after this, right? One week later, he tried another man. He accidentally drank the wrong drink. He drank his own fucking concoction. That's like an odd couple. Of sleeping pills, right? That's like the plot of an odd couple It's like a hilarious, like, like he's fucking, oh, he bumbled up. But no, yeah, he woke up three hundred dollars on a watch, uh, uh, less rich. What do you think the guy that was there like thought? He's like, either they, like initially, yeah, you'd in a perfect world you'd be like, this guy thought like he was going to get drugged, but realistically, this guy was like, this Jeff guy's a fucking nut job. I'm getting out of here. This I'm guy's like three hundred bucks on this guy's. This watch guy's like drooling and shit, and he's like. He's got a boner and he's trying to take a picture of me. But Why he's is like, there a padlock on the eyes? fridge? Why is there a padlock on the fridge? Yeah, it's like this guy's first thought was like, oh my God. No, so that yeah. guy's so lucky, though. Like, that no, guy he really, really is, is, dude. But Dahmer just bumbled up. He, uh, he, uh, he, screwed it. he screwed himself over, right? 
So now after this uh, after this bumble, we move on to Eddie Smith, right? Uh, he does the normal killing routine. He uh, he says he's got to take some pictures of him, take some home, drugs him. Uh, he fucking strangles him while he is sleeping, and he does all the normal stuff. Uh, but at this point, he makes yet another mistake after the killing. Uh, he was so excited to get the skull dry that he put it in the oven, and uh, the skull exploded in JFK his oven. JFK style. Yeah. JFK style. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I, I think I, enough time has passed for that to be hilarious. I just read about that today, and he was saying, not him, but well, yeah, like afterwards, he talked about the skeleton. He wanted to put it in the freezer to see that if it would uh, not retain any moisture. And then when he took it out a couple months later, uh, it didn't remove any of it. So he's like, "Well, I'll put it in the oven. That'll dry it out," and it just, just fucking exploded. Yeah. Uh, I could say that you can't do a lot of things with skulls, but he proves me wrong in a lot of a lot of points. But that's one thing you actually can't do is put it in an oven. Have you ever had? You don't want your, it to explode. Uh, you ever had your mind blown? This guy did. Well, this guy fucking Eddie Smith. He got a lot of shit blown. blown all right. JFK, all these things, but uh, yeah, it exploded in his uh, in his oven. He actually called this guy's sister later on in life, like a year after he went missing. Like, Dahmer called his sister and told her to stop looking for her brother. She was like, why? He was like, I killed him. And then he just Fair hung enough. Up, you know? And, like, he, this was he kind of caller viewed this. This was before ID. Yeah. And he kind of viewed this as, like, a sort of like an empathetic sort of thing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm helping give closure to these families who have, like, lost a loved one. Like, he viewed it as, like, this is something I have to do, and it's such a shame. But I may as well do... You gently smooching the mic? Yeah, sorry. I'm no, back. it's okay. It was good. I'm back. Sensual. But no, yeah, he was thinking he was doing these families a favor, which I guess it's sort of like closure, but it's still... Yeah, sure, Jake, ter- I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to cut off your fucking legs. <laughs> well, th- this would be in the context of me, like, blind and like, do I have legs? Like, <laughs> I like, need to find them. I'm going to do you a favor. And then I'm you gonna come in and them. you're like, no, you don't have legs. And I'll be like... Well, I guess I got to start dealing with this then. Yeah. It allowed the families to start dealing with it. But it's still terrible that he did it in the first place, right? Uh, this moves up. He did this with uh, with a couple victims, actually. But this was the first time he did it with uh, Mr. Eddie Smith. He called his sister. Ed Smith. Ed Smith. My hero. Now we're going on to Ricky Beaks, right? Boom, uh, boom, he, boom. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Beaks. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had his own theme song when he walked into Club 219 in Milwaukee, right? Because that's where he was picked up. Uh, he, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Same same exact scenario. No, no fuck-ups. Just the same routine. Uh, but at this point, because, you know, he's boiling bodies left and right. He has a bunch of, like, flesh and, like, stuff going on. It's going to smell. Right, you can imagine that it's probably... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, baby. Distraction. So his landlord, Mitch, uh, went to the bathroom, but I think this is what he was talking about earlier. His landlord actually talked to to Dahmer about this. He addressed it. He was like, what the fuck is that smell? And he's like, oh, I had some tropical fish. Uh, They died. So uh, the smell should be leaving pretty soon. I never did it, just (laughs) intensified. All right, thanks for your time, Jeff. I really... Not like a single thing, like, can I see the tank? No. No, I got rid of it. 
It's like, really? There's just a bunch of black ooze garbage bags out in front of your house. I, uh... Honestly, I'm just picturing a steamed hams situation where he's just standing there and he's like, Aurora Borealis! He's like, really? So you had a tropical fish tank in your room? And he's like, yes. Well, may I see it? Absolutely not. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And he just has a bunch of barrels of dead bodies. Yeah, just like, shit. well, okay, all right. But yeah. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's really weird. They just didn't do anything. And uh, like I said, it was a bad neighborhood, so a lot of the times, like, even if people did complain about this, like the smell or any sort of weird thing that they would think about, like, uh, the cops wouldn't really care. Because at this time, Milwaukee was going into a spike of crime as well, so the cops were just preoccupied elsewhere, and they're not going to pay attention to, you know, like, the, the poorer side of town and, like, it was the perfect cover. It was the perfect place to do this. No one was going to do anything about it, even if they complained, and no one did. It was the perfect crime. It really was. So after this, after Ricky Beaks... Well, actually, hold on. Before you go into Ricky, I do also want to mention, like, if you're, if, if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, well, how exactly do you get away with this for so long? You really got to put yourself into perspective here. This is in, like, the early, early 90s. And uh, the gay community, uh, no one gave a shit about them. So they fell into the same class as prostitutes, where it's like, oh, a couple gay guys go missing. Well, who the fuck cares? It's you the, know? Yeah, the concept of the lesser dead, right? Like, yeah, they were so it's like lumped in with that. It's like, well, it doesn't really matter that they're gone because it's not, it's not a fucking rich white straight man. Yeah. It's a gay guy that's... You know, seedy, and he's in bars at night sucking dick. Dude, it's like he's like, evil. Just an example of how people just didn't give a shit, or or people were afraid to like come out as gay to accuse him of these things. He had the membership at the fucking bathhouse. He got away with drugging and fucking people twelve times before they did anything about it. They were just like, "We are no, your membership is gone." They're like, "It's not really illegal." You can't beep Jeff, the door in anymore. But we've asked you about nine times to please stop drugging and sleeping with our. Our patrons. If you do it ten times, I'm going to get mad. Eleven? I'm going to get really mad. I don't know what I'll do. Uh, Twelve? We're going to have to put you on hiatus for a week. There you go. But uh, no, dude. Thirteen? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) You got to leave. But no, like the gay community was like terrified to come out as publicly gay because it was just not a thing back then that was accepted. Exactly. And slightly unrelated. That's why someone like Bundy was pretty much like they were hunting for him so fast because he was killing young, white, educated women. Yep. So as soon as they went missing, they were on the case because they were young, college, white women. Yeah, and Bundy was just an elusive motherfucker. We'll get to him at some point. I don't know when. Yeah. We'll, we'll put him on the docket. But, uh, j- yeah, just understand that that uh, he does get away with this because no one cared about gay people, and they were pretty much all but ignored. Yeah, pretty much. Um. So yeah, so after this, after Ricky Beeks, uh, he actually attempted to get a 15-year-old boy uh, in on this routine that we keep blazing over where he drugs and kills them. You know so that anyway, game, Mary Fucking Kill? It was like a middle school thing. Yeah, that's that's a that's a universal thing. This is now. like Fuck Murder Dismember. That's his game, but he plays it every week. And it's only one lucky contestant yeah, who gets like, it, yeah. Wait, so who are you going to dismember? It's like, no, I'm going to fuck, kill, and dismember you. And he's like, oh, I so don't who like wins? this game it's anymore. Like, Nobody, I can't stand myself. <laughs> you know who wins? But... My dick. 
But anyway, so all right, he uh he goes up to this fifteen year old boy right after Mr. Ricky Beaks. Uh, he, uh, he tries to, he pays him $200 cause he was like, yeah, you got to come back to my apartment. I got to take some photos of you. Um, and a lot there, here's one thing that I want to add, like a lot of what had to do with Dahmer's like victim choosing had to do with their torsos, specifically men with hairless torsos. That's what he liked. That's why I feel like he kept going real young. Because the, hair, the hairless torso is it? <laughs> you would be, dude. <laughs> I'd been screwed. Oh my! But anyway, yeah, Mitch, so, you're safe. So he liked it. Like liked a goddamn the, uh, chimpanzee. <laughs> Mitch is a goddamn. Like it's crazy under there, but uh, but yeah. So he liked the uh, the skinless torsos. He he had a thing for torsos. But anyway, so we went up to this fifteen uh, year old boy. He paid him two hundred bucks to come back to his house, take some photos of him. Up in uh, the price, huh? Yeah. Right. So this boy, he refused to drink anything. This guy was like just in it for the money. He was like, I'm going to get some money. I'm going to leave. This guy's going to get whatever he gets. But anyway, so he goes back. He refuses to drink anything. He starts taking some photos of him on his bed. And uh, apparently the entire time that this kid was there, the Exorcist was playing on VHS. Sweet. Right? <laughs> Isn't that kind of cool? I'd, but, I'd uh, be in. But... uh Fifteen-year-old Grant would have stayed, honestly. No, yeah, he probably like did the Exorcist. Fuck yeah, dude! I don't know what point of the movie it was that this happened, but I hope it was a pivotal one. Uh, Dahmer snuck up behind him with a rubber mallet and hit him on the head and tried to strangle him. Right? And what the uh, hell is this? Like itchy and scratchy? No, yeah, it's a very car- it's like the most cartoony thing to do. He's bumbling up, he's exploding heads on accident, and he's like, "Well, gee," and now he's just fucking hitting people with mallets. He's it's 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 ridiculous. Very cartoony, but he hit him with a mallet. It didn't really do anything. It didn't knock him out or anything, but uh, so then he proceeds to try to strangle him, and this boy uh, gets loose, right? And he said that he won't call the cops if that, if, uh, you know, Dahmer lets him go. And uh, so what does Dahmer do? He calls him a taxi, right? He calls his boy a taxi because he doesn't like the act of killing. As as weird and as hard to believe as that might be, he doesn't like the act of killing. He likes that it happens when they're asleep. He doesn't like to take it like too gruesomely. He's like, this is for me. This has to happen. I'm sorry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill this guy. But this, he would have had to kill him by looking into this man's eyes and like overpowering him until killing him. He didn't want to do that. So he called this kid a cab, right? And... Well, uh, he, uh, this kid goes back to his foster mom. He's a foster kid. Uh, and he doesn't tell her, right? Because he's gay. His mom doesn't know. And he doesn't want her to know. But eventually the mom, like, is prying. And she, uh, she gets it out of him. They talk to a social worker who the social worker said that she would call the police. And she did. But the police went to Dahmer's place. He wasn't there. And they never went back. They never nice. went in, they never went back, it was never called upon again. Isn't that fucking crazy? That's wild. I don't know, man. And then, uh, so that was a 15-year-old boy thing, just in between, no name, because he's still alive, probably wants some an- anonymity, right? But after this guy uh, is Ernest Miller, right? Uh, this is the first and only body that he killed with a knife. And this goes back to me saying earlier, he doesn't like the act of killing. When he did this, 
he said he really didn't like it because it was too messy and it was too painful for the victim, right? Ernest Miller got his throat cut. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's too messy, too bad, too painful. He uh, cut up the body in the tub uh, all the while taking, like, uh, no, no, he cut up the body in the tub, right? And all the while he was just talking and kissing uh, the head. He was hey, talking baby. to it and he was just, like, <laughs> saying little jokes or something. And he was just kissing the head. Super weird, right? I love how not into this you are. He is escalating like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, he would actually keep dead bodies. And speaking of the tub, right? He would keep dead bodies on ice in his bathtub, like if he killed them during the week, so he would have more time with them on the weekend. And this didn't stop him from showering, right? So he would have to shower with these bodies on ice at his feet in like freezing cold water so the ice would stay so he could have his fun weekends with them. So is that what Out on the Weekend by Neil Young was about? <laughs> it, it better be. <laughs> I like that song, but now I'm starting to not like it. Um, all right. Okay, here we go. Are we ready? For after Ernest Miller? Yeah, so he kills another man named David Thomas. Same situation, same thing. I'm not going to mull it over again. No, yeah. But after this, uh, he takes a five-month hiatus. Um, during this time, on five separate occasions between October of 1990 and February of 91, he unsuccessfully tried to lure other men to his apartment. But uh, he was feeling extremely anxious and depressed, um, according to his parole officer, and they believe that this might be why he didn't do it, because he was actually um, dealing with uh, suicidal tendencies, not the band. wonder what could have caused those feelings. Um, but yeah, so he was kind of dealing with some emotional stuff, and uh, for five months he stopped. And then uh, February 91 comes around, okay? Uh, this is where a 17-year-old uh, Curtis Strouter uh, was standing uh, at a bus stop near Marquette University, and... Uh, same old song and dance. He's like, hey, baby, come to my house for nude photos and I'll give you money. But he's just drunk as shit. And uh, Dahmer drugged and strangled Strouder uh, with a leather strap and dismembered him. And then um, he kept uh, the skull, hands, and genitals and took photographs of himself with them at different stages of the dismemberment process. So he's starting to have fun with his whole thing. He's yeah. like kind of falling into a groove. Uh, two months later, on April 7th, uh, 1991, he encountered 19-year-old Errol Lindsay. At least he's legal. And, uh, funny, Georgie's not here. Errol Lindsay was going to get a key made. Um. Dude, Georgie could have saved this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, uh, he was a heterosexual, and, uh, he lured him to his apartment, uh, drugged him, and this is where he got creative. He drilled a hole in his skull with a power drill and poured hydrochloric acid into the skull. Um, according to Jeffrey, uh, Lindsay awoke after this experiment, and uh, all he said was, I have a headache, what time is it? So he didn't die from that. He did not die. But isn't that, uh, this is kind of the first instance of him trying to actually get a a sort of living but also yeah. dead person mm -hmm. to be with him at all times, because it, at the root of his problem, like he he... 
it, it probably caused his hiatus where he was getting anxious and like kind of depressive. Like he wanted someone there. Yeah. Like, you know, he wants sort of this sex uh, zombie. Um. So what he did now is uh, he drugs him again and then strangles him. Uh, he cuts his head off, keeps the skull, cuts off all of the skin on Lindsay's body, and places it in a solution made of cold water and salt for several weeks. And uh, the goal was that the skin would be uh, retained properly, but um, he actually threw it all out because it became too frayed and extremely brittle, so he got rid of it. Um, <laughs> Just peanut brittle made of skin. By uh, mid-1991, uh, people at the Oxford Apartments were making complaints to the managers uh, extremely regularly. Uh, the manager's name was Sopa Princewell, and... Um, they were just essentially saying like how extremely awful the smell was coming from a, an apartment, and they finally narrowed it down to apartment two thirteen, and um, so they noted that uh, also with the smell there were sounds of falling objects and the occasional sound of a chainsaw. Um, just normal apartment shit, you know. Princewell uh, did try to contact Dahmer uh, to, in response to these complaints a couple times. Um, he excused the odors by saying that his freezer had broke and that everything inside had become spoiled. Um, <laughs> and then he also used, uh, the tropical fish, uh, excuse again. Again? <laughs> again. It's like, yeah, try it again. I just can't get the hang of taking care of these he, fucking He did fish. it again. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this name. I'm not going to lie to you. It's difficult. Uh, on May 26, 1991... Uh, Dahmer encountered the 14-year-old named Conorak Synthesomphone. Synthesomphone? Oh, Synthesomphone. Yeah. Um, Synthesomphone was a... the a, He was the younger brother of a boy who Dahmer had sexually assaulted in 1988. He's going after lineages now? He approached him with an offer of money to come to his apartment for pictures again. Uh, <laughs> according to Dahmer... Uh, phone was uh, extremely reluctant to do this, but uh, he did change his mind. Uh, he posed for two pictures in his underwear where Dahmer knocked him out and sucked his dick twice. Um. Huh. No drugs used this time, right? Or... Oh, he did. He oh, was, okay, knocked him out that way. All right. Uh, Dahmer, so again. took two photographs and went back to the mallet. Again, he drilled a single hole into uh, his skull through which he injected hydrochloric acid into the frontal lobe of the brain. Um, Synthesomphone fell unconscious, and Dahmer brought him into the bedroom, where the dead corpse of 31-year-old Tony Hughes was laying naked on the floor. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, said he believed that uh, Synthesomphone saw this body, but uh, did not react, so he thought that the drugging process was working. Um... So, the kid is unconscious now, and uh, this is when Dahmer starts drinking some beers and just laying next to him. Classic Dahmer. Uh, then he leaves the apartment to go buy some beer. Because <laughs> I drank all the beer, so. Um, in the early morning uh, of May 27th, Dahmer is walking back to his apartment to discover Synthesomphone sitting outside naked on the corner of 25th and State. Uh, talking in his native language, which is Lao, or he was, Laotian. He was Laotian. 
yeah, from the Lao people, um, with three distressed young women standing around him. Okay? Don't you hate when your roommate does it? So Dahmer approached them and explained uh, that this man, he gave him an alias, uh, was his good friend and was saying that uh, I'm going to bring him back to my apartment. And the three women were like, uh, no, we already called the cops. So two cops show up, John Belkerzak and Joseph Gabrish. And uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's extremely relaxed. Uh, he informed him, the police, that this man was uh, his 19-year-old boyfriend and that he had gotten very drunk last night when they got in a fight. And uh, he often behaved this way when he was extremely intoxicated. Uh, the three women were super pissed off because they were showing the cop uh, this guy's bleeding from his ass and that uh, he was struggling to get away from Dahmer when he showed up. And uh, the cop looks at this trio of women, and this is a direct quote. He says, butt out and shut the hell up. <laughs> and uh, Jesus, that is some next level, like, fucking homophobia, dude. You're just like, no, I am not anywhere involved in any of this. This is going to be swept under the rug. Yeah, so the you cops... You get out of here. You get out of here. The cops believed him, and they said, uh, you know, this is a domestic domestic dispute. We have no... We don't want to get yeah, involved. Like, like do this your is, thing. This is yucky gay stuff. I'm a straight white cop. And um, so the women were this. seriously worried, and they were pleading with the cops uh, to look into this more. And uh, the cops... Uh, <laughs> Covered, sent them some phone with a towel, and helped Jeffrey Dahmer walk him back to his apartment. Um, Dahmer actually uh, showed to, uh, two Polaroid pictures of the naked boy to the cops to show them, like, you know, this is my boyfriend. And um, the officers that were standing inside the apartment noted that it smelled like shit. Like? Like actual just shit. Just actual poop. Um... He, uh, Dahmer was, like, more than willing to allow them to, you know, come into the apartment. So the cops actually, uh, went into the apartment to look around for the smell. And Jeffrey Dahmer just let him do it. He just sat in his chair and just let him walk around the apartment. That is some balls, dude. Uh, the cops did their look-through, and, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer gave him the good, uh, take care, thanks a lot, and the cops left. He's just getting away with everything, dude. Even yep. when he gets caught, he doesn't, nothing happens. He just takes a break, or he just doesn't get caught. Um, honestly, all it would have taken was punching his name into the system, where they would have found out that Jeffrey Dahmer was a multiple-time uh, child sex offender and uh, a registered gay man in the Milwaukee community. Registered gay man? I mean, it was pretty well-known at that time. Registered sex offender to the to males. I don't know well, if you yeah, could be a registered Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Man. I didn't... I didn't mean it as, like, he's not, like, a card-carrying member of this uh, <laughs> yeah, He admitted he was gay to the cops, so it didn't even matter. Yeah, okay. yeah so they, they just believed him. Um, <laughs> just a database. <laughs> uh, so he gets him back in the apartment after the cops leave. Uh, he injects more hydrochloric acid into his brain, which kills him. Um, so what he does is, uh, he on May 28th, he took uh, two days off from work to uh, devote himself to chopping up the bodies of both Synthesimphone and uh, Hughes. Yeah, work is piling up. He needs to get on that. And uh, he kept both of the skulls. There's a big stack on his desk he um, needs to work through. On June 30th, uh, Dahmer traveled to Chicago 
on a little vacation. Ooh, come over to our neck of the woods. Um, he encountered a 20-year-old named Matt Turner at a bus station. Uh, Turner accepted Jeffrey Dahmer's offer to travel to Milwaukee for a professional photo shoot. So he comes back to Milwaukee. Dahmer drugs, strangles, and dismembers him and places his head and internal organs into separate plastic bags and promptly puts them in the freezer. Can you imagine driving three and a half fucking hours to, for that to happen? Um, five days later, on July 5th, Dahmer lured 23-year-old Jeremiah Weinberger from a Chicago bar to his apartment. Weinberger. <laughs> on the promise of spending the weekend with him. Why is that name like the funniest thing I've ever heard? I don't know. Uh, he drugged Weinberger, and then this time he drilled uh, he drilled a hole into his skull again. Yeah, that but happens. he didn't do acid this time. He put hydro. Er, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. He put boiling water in his skull. Oh my god! What is this? That's Holy fuck. shit! This is awesome. Is that a painting? This painting is fucking awesome. Those eels. I want this. I don't know what they are. I want this. I'm being told it's mine. Which are just birds. There's live art being made. This is awesome. This. Thank you. That's beautiful. I needed that to lighten up from fucking injections of boiling water. Boiling water? Like, did he use a funnel? How did he do this? Hey, he just spit, put <laughs> it in like... his mouth and just, and just spit it in. Oh, God. No, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know either, man. So That's... this put Weinberger in a coma and he died two days later. Yeah, probably. Um. On July 15th, uh, Dahmer encountered Oliver Lacey at the corner of 27th and Kilburn. Lacey agreed to Dahmer's ruse for posing for nude photography and accompanied him to his apartment where they started banging. Um, he actually intended to prolong the time he spent with uh, Lacey alive. Um, after he tried to uh, keep her unconscious with chloroform. Keep he, him? Yeah. Yeah. He phoned uh, his job to request the day off, and uh, then he got suspended for doing so. So at this so point, even more days off. So eh? at this point, he was pissed, and he strangled Lacey and had sex with the corpse before dismembering him. Uh, he placed Lacey's head and heart in the refrigerator and his skeleton in the freezer. Four days later, on July 19th, Jeffrey Dahmer received word that he was fired from Ambrosia. What? Um, after this, he lured 25-year-old Joseph Bradhoft to his apartment. Bradhoft was strangled, left lying on Dahmer's bed, covered in a sheet for two days. Um, after two days, uh, on July 21st, Dahmer removed the sheet, and he found that the head was covered in maggots. Um, so he cut the head off the body, cleaned it, and placed it in the fridge. And uh, he later acidified Bradhoft's torso along with the two other victims from the same month. Is that a cool band name, Dahmer's Maggots? No. Are you sure? Positive. All right. Well. Get away from me. <laughs> ah, we'll figure it out. On July 22nd, 1991, Dahmer approached three men with an offer of $100 to come to his apartment and pose nude, drink some beers, and hang out with him for a while. Sounds like a good time. One of the three uh, was a 32-year-old, Tracy Edwards, agreed to this deal. That's old, man. That's like his oldest yet. Upon uh, coming in the front door, Edwards noticed uh, that it smelled terrible and that uh, there was a bunch of hydrochloric acid all over the floor. Wait, he just knew what that well, was? Well, there were bottles of it, just like oh, empty okay. bottles just laying on the floor. Just with that little like warning like hazardous sign on it. And uh, so he was like... 
he asked him, he's like, yo, Jeff, what the fuck's going on here, bro? And uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was like, no, I use it to clean bricks. And he was like, wait a minute. You get... <laughs> bricks? Yeah. You could have said you use it to clean anything. Why do bricks need to be... Bricks are, like, just dirtiness. Anyway, They're solidified dirtiness. I hate it's that. It's just that boring we enough ju- to be believable. That's <laughs> it's why. Like, it's so, like, stupid. It's that boring to be believable. That's what it is. Uh, if he said, like, he was doing something crazy, it's just like, no way. You're a fucking liar. Sorry, I can't go out. Shining up my bricks. All right, so this is where Dahmer pulls the old switcheroo, okay? And he tells Edwards, he's like, hey, why don't you look at my fish tank? So when he turns his head to look, he slaps handcuffs on his right wrist. And he tries to get him handcuffed, but it doesn't work. Things are getting kinky. So Edward's reaction to this is just, what's happening right now? And uh, Dahmer's just like, ah, don't worry about it. Come into my room and we'll get naked. And he's like, okay. So they do it. There you go. Uh, Edward's noted that there were a shit ton of like nude male posters on the wall. And that uh, The Exorcist 3 was playing on repeat on Hell videotape. Yeah, <laughs> he, had a, he had a theme. He also loved Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. He, he listened to that a lot when he was in the military. But anyway. And then he also he said. Cool uh, stuff. <laughs> Edwards also said he found it odd that there was a blue 57 gallon drum in the corner that smelled disgusting. But this didn't put him away. Um, Dahmer pulls a knife. And he's like, get naked. I'm taking pictures of you. Um, so Edwards is like, fuck it, all right, he unbuttons his shirt, and he said, uh, I'll do it if you take off this handcuff and put your knife down. Um, Dahmer just kind of ignored this and started watching The Exorcist Part 3. <laughs> he just turned around. <laughs> um, oh, so Edwards, uh, observed Jeffrey rocking back and forth and, uh, chanting to himself before turning around again. Uh, he put his head right on Edward's chest and listened to his heartbeat. And then uh, he took the knife and kind of pressed it against him. And he whispered to him, and he's like, I'm going to eat your heart. This is like this is some next level Fifty Shades Grey stuff. Like, yeah. This is good. It's, uh, if I was reading this, I don't uh, know. You know, it would be good. Uh, so Edwards did not panic. And uh, he tried to calm the situation by repeating that... Uh, Hey Jeffrey, like I'm your friend. I'm not gonna run away. Like don't, don't worry. Like it's fine. We're you don't cool. gotta eat my heart. You can just nibble it. Uh, this is when he decided that he was gonna either jump through the window or try to just break through the door as soon as he could. Sounds about right. So Edwards is like, "Yo, I gotta take a piss." Um, he asked if he could sit with his beer in the living room uh, where the air conditioning was, and Jeffrey Dahmer was like, "Yeah, sure." So uh, they walked into the living room, and uh, Edwards exited the bathroom. Uh, he was kind of keeping an eye on Jeffrey Dahmer, and he noticed that uh, he wasn't fully concentrated. And he, this is when Edwards stood up and was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom one more time. Uh, so he stands up. Dahmer's kind of like looking at his feet, just holding the handcuffs. And then he sets the handcuffs down, and Edwards fucking just pushes Jeffrey Dahmer over, runs out of the house, and gets away. Um... At 11.30 p.m. on July 22nd, he flags down two Milwaukee cops on the corner of North 25th Street. Uh, they noted that he had, uh, like, I guess, like wrist wrist marks. Wrist abrasions from, yeah, like from handcuffs. When, yeah, so yeah. they thought that was weird. Um, Again, dude, this probably made him think it's real kinky shit. And uh, Edwards told them that he would take them to the apartment where this happened to him. 
Um, the officers arrived. Dahmer invited them all inside. Uh, he acknowledged that he did uh, place handcuffs upon Edwards. Uh, he'd never explained why, though. He just said, yeah, I did it. Um, this is when Edwards spilled the beans. He was like, yo, this guy put a knife to me and was telling me he was going to eat my fucking heart and shit. Um, they're all kind of freaking out. Uh, and then this cop, uh, what is, let me see what his name is here. Uh, Rolf Mueller. Okay. This is a solid Midwest name. Rolf Mueller, he's going to go check out the bedroom, right? So he enters the room. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer tries to cut in front of him to get into the room first. And the other cop there, Robert Rath, uh, told him to back off and like, let the cop do his job. Um, in the room, Mueller noted that there was a huge fucking knife under the bed. Um, and he also saw an open drawer, which he took a peek at, and was hundreds of Polaroid pictures of naked men. And then as he kept looking, uh, dismembered bodies and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer posing with these bodies. Um, Mueller noted that the decor indicated that they had been taken in to the very apartment of which they thought somebody was killing someone in. I think that was just like his cool thing at the end after they caught Dahmer. It's like, you know, I always had the feeling. It's like, well, why didn't you do anything before? Um, Great line. Great line. When Mueller walks out holding several of the Polaroids, Dahmer tries to throw a punch at the cop, and uh, it does not work. The officers uh, pretty easily push him to the ground and slap some cuffs on him. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I've been talking about his strength and all that and his sheer size and, like, his physical uh, uh, threat that he has, but he was fucking so drunk all the time. Yeah, so they get him down, they call for backup, and uh, this is when Mueller opens the fridge and he sees uh, the head of a severed male on the bottom shelf. There you go. Uh, Dahmer is pinned to the floor right now by uh, Roth or Rath. Uh, he turned his head upward to the officer, looked him dead in the eyes, and said, quote, for what I did, I should be dead, end quote. So he's taken to jail. That's, uh, yeah. The Criminal Investigation Bureau shows up uh, at the apartment, and they revealed a total of 400... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What? <laughs> you didn't even... <laughs> I wanted to see if anybody would bite. Joke. I wanted to see if anybody would bite. No, they found four severed heads. Okay. Four um, I thought you were going to say like bones or something. They I'd be found, like, yeah, that sounds right. They found four severed heads, uh, seven skulls, some painted, some bleached, and uh, some were found in the bedroom, some were in the closet. All parts of his um, altar, dude. Uh, they discovered a plate uh, that was gathering blood drippings at the bottom of Dahmer's refrigerator. Plus two human hearts. <laughs> Wait, with the two human hearts at the bottom too? No, they were like right above All the tray. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, they also found a portion of armed muscle that was wrapped neatly inside of a plastic bag. Uh, when they opened the freezer, they discovered an entire torso plus a bag of miscellaneous human organs and flesh stuck to the bottom of the bag through ice. Yep, yep. Yep, so it's all kind of coming undone, eh? Uh, yeah, so they keep searching apartment 213. Uh, they discover two more whole skeletons, a pair of severed hands, two severed and preserved penises, a mummified scalp, and uh, they open up this 57-gallon drum, and there were three dismembered torsos dissolving in acid. 
Um, a total of 74 Polaroid pictures detailing the dismemberment uh, were found in the bedroom. Um, yeah, so they're, they don't know what to say. Um, this is a quote from the chief medical examiner after this. Quote, it was more like dismantling someone's museum than an actual crime scene, end quote. Yeah, he did have kind of a class about his whole thing, didn't he? He literally had a pan collecting blood underneath his fucking refrigerator. Like, he's he's trying to keep a tidy house, he's making altars, he's fucking keeping it clean for cops to come in and just not see shit. He's, a, he's He has some class about it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, on July 23rd, 91... Dahmer was questioned by Detective Patrick Henry, or Kennedy, sorry, not Henry. I read too fast. Um, just about the murders and all the evidence and shit. Um, this interview uh, was recorded, and it combines it over total a total of 60 hours. Um, he waived his right to have a lawyer present through all of this, and uh, he wished to confess as uh, all he had was, quote, created this horror, and it only makes sense that I do everything I did and put an end to it, end quote. Uh, he openly admitted to having murdered 16 men in Wisconsin since 1987 and one victim, Stephen Hicks, in Ohio back in 78. Hitchhiker man, yeah. Um, pretty much at this point, now they're just diving through. They have him dead to rights, like, really. They have yeah. pictures and shit in his house. Um... But now they're just kind of scrambling and trying to figure out the actual identity of these people. Um, and this is where he just keeps talking, okay? He openly admits that he's a necrophiliac. He openly admits that he enjoyed removing the organs and the torso and watching the blood drain. And uh, that he liked stripping the flesh from the body. Which is kind of strange, because, like, you do kind of watch his behavior before this and before he got caught, and he, it seems like he really just was the true definition of a product killer, mm -hmm. not liking to do any of these things, just, it, it was a means to an end, and in the end, he got, like, a skull, and he got some meat that he ate, he fucking ate a lot of his victims, that's why it was all preserved, uh... But afterward, after he gets caught, I, I almost wonder if that was a move for the uh, defense for like them to say, like, oh, he's actually literally like insane. Like, he likes this. He, he, he enjoyed every part of it. He is literally insane, like, trying to maybe stave off the death penalty or something. Oh, I'll, I'll than, get like, to that. Don't there's worry. There's a problem, but he made these choices, and yeah, he sucks. Um. You know? This is where they start talking to him about the shrine that he made with the skulls. Mm -hmm. um, they found four severed heads uh, with all their flesh removed, placed on the altar, with incense sticks placed at each end of the table, and a nice comfy chair sitting right in front of it. And um, We never got the one he wanted. In November of 1991... Someone asked Jeffrey Dahmer uh, who this altar was dedicated to, and here was his reply. Quote, myself. It was a place where I could feel at home, a place for meditation. If this arrest had happened six months later, you would have found the same thing. End quote. Yeah, well. Um, on July 25th, 1991, Dahmer was charged with four counts of first-degree murder. 
By August 22nd, he had been charged with a further 11 more murders committed in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I remember watching, like, in preparation for this, some footage of them actually unloading all the evidence that they found in his apartment. And it was, it literally just kept coming down the stairs for hours. Oh, yeah. There was so much shit in there, and it was, like, appalling. So that was August, and then by September, they found a trace of of bone fragments uh, from his first victim in 78. So now he was being tried on a separate trial for Ohio for the murder of Stephen Hicks. He was not charged with the attempted murder of Tracy Edwards, nor with the murder of Stephen Tuomi. Uh, He was not charged with Tuomi's because uh, the Milwaukee County District Attorney only brought charges where murders could be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And since Dahmer had no memory of committing that murder and there was no physical evidence, they just didn't bother. Yeah, I think they, they had enough, so they didn't bother. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they uh, considered actually charging him with like something as minim- minimal comparatively as like failure to report a dead body. Yeah. Because they were like, you know, like he obviously did it, but there is a reasonable doubt. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. But they were just trying to charge him with something on top of all this. Uh, at the preliminary hearing, January 13th, 1992, Dahmer pled guilty, uh, but insane, to 15 counts of murder. Um, so his trial officially begins on January 30th, 1992. Uh, he was tried in Milwaukee for the 15 counts of first-degree murder before Judge Lawrence Graham. Uh, by pleading guilty on January 13th, uh, he had waived his rights to an initial trial to establish guilt, which is part of the Wisconsin law. Yeah. So he already said he was guilty, so pretty much this was just for show. Um, he pretty much, the only thing they debated was that if he suffered from a mental or personality disorder, um, and the prosecution claimed that uh, any of these disorders would not, essentially it wouldn't make any excuse for what yeah, happened. I mean, like it, Nothing would justify it, but that it would it would do less than what it would have done otherwise. Right. So uh, the defense, the only thing they're clinging to is that it was an obsession and an impulse that he could not control. Uh, then they brought in some experts, right? The the defense brought in Dr. Fred Berlin, who don't ask me how he knows this, but this guy was an expert on uh, people that are necrophiliacs. And he probably leads a, a very interesting life. I think. And uh, he, pretty much they brought him in to explain that people who suffer from necrophilia or paraphilia, which paraphilia is uh, intense arousal to like atypical objects. Yeah. So just things that like n- the, aren't normally sexual, they make sexual. Yeah, like that chick on uh, the, what is it, My Strange Addiction who married a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they brought him in hoping that he could clarify that people that suffer from this uh, do actually have, like, a problem that they can't control. Uh, then they brought in Dr. Oh. Sorry. What the fuck was that? <laughs> they brought in Dr. Judith Becker, a professor of psychiatry and psychology. Oh, hold on. Give me a second. Getting a beverage? Yes. Mitch, how's your day? Get over here. How was your day? It's been good. It's been... It's been pretty warm it's nice yeah dude we were spending some time out in the driveway earlier just hanging out uh looking at the oh. big old blue sky the sky looks bigger today Woo! But okay. it's nighttime now judith becker yes uh she's a professor of psychiatry and psychology 
Um, she also diagnosed uh, Dahmer as a necrophiliac. And then they brought in Dr. Carl Wash- Wallstrom. I almost said Washington. Uh, he's a <laughs> forensic psychiatrist. Uh, he diagnosed Dahmer with borderline personality disorder, schizotypal personality disorder, necrophilia, alcohol dependency, and psychotic disorder. That's just a Midwest man, right? The prosecution shut all of this down and was like, uh, he still murdered a bunch of people. Um, then they start getting crazy, right? They start... They start getting crazy? (laughs) Park Dietz, uh, a forensic psychiatrist, he pulls this one out of his ass, okay? And he says that Jeffrey Dahmer, in his mind, strongly identified with evil and corrupt characters, specifically from Return of the Jedi and The Exorcist Part 3. And he identified with these evil characters in this. And uh, he especially liked the level of power that these characters held. And that uh, he watched these movies so many times that it actually invaded his psyche and turned him into this man. <laughs> so the Emperor just going like, unlimited power. It was yeah. just like, he was like, I'm going to the club. I'm getting a fucking underage this guy was like, I'm going to kill him. That guy pulled that shit out of his ass. He was just, Dude, like, he was just like, oh, what movies did he watch? Star that was, Wars? That was it. That was it. That totally did it. Yeah, so they did Don't that. watch movies. Um, so the trial lasted two weeks. I'm kind of skimming through the trial because, I mean, we know what how it ends. I mean, yeah. It's like they... You're, you're, the defense, you're hitting the main bullet points yeah, it's of like, it. That's all we the need. The defense really. wants people to think he's insane. The prosecution wants them to know that whether he's insane or not does not excuse what he did. And they argue about that for like two weeks. And then they just diagnose him with shit in a courtroom. Um... So the trial lasted two weeks, and on Valentine's Day, uh, they deliver their closing arguments to the jury. How romantic. Each counsel was allowed to speak for two hours. Uh, defense attorney Gerald Boyle argued first. Uh, he repeatedly brought up to the testimony uh, what the mental health professionals had to say and you know what their thoughts on it were, and uh, pretty much that, yeah, he's sick, and uh, he did not choose to do this. Um... That was a 75-minute closing argument he gave. And then um, Michael McCann delivered his closing argument for the prosecution. Uh, He described Dahmer as a sane man in full control of his actions who simply just strove to avoid detection. Uh, He argued that the murders were committed in hostility, anger, resentment, frustration, or hatred, and that the 15 victims uh, that he was tried for died merely to afford Dahmer a period of sexual pleasure. That is really interesting that that I don't know it's it like it makes sense that that would be the uh, case against him that he was a sane man doing this of his own volition mm-hmm. but that does kind of like what does that say about like this this defenses or not defense this like uh, what is the other one defense and prosecution yeah what does that say about the prosecution's view of like humanity and our our capabilities if this man isn't sick and he just chose to do these things that is such a fucking terrible outlook on humanity itself. You know? Yeah. It's, it's fucking, it's just heartbreaking. Either way, the reality of it or that situation is just terrible. This isn't a good episode. Yeah. This isn't a good guy. None of this is good. I guess that's all to say that. So, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was found guilty on 15 counts of murder. 
The first two counts, Dahmer was sentenced to life in prison uh, plus 10 years, so that's two life sentences. And then the other 13, the mandatory sentence was life imprisonment, so that's 13 more counts of life in prison, plus 70 years for each 13 counts. So he probably got sentenced to pass when the world is going to be Over 1,000 years. Yeah. Um, The death penalty was not an option because the state of Wisconsin Wisconsin had abolished it in 1853. Ah, shoot. Um, So what they did, um, upon hearing of Dahmer's sentencing, his father, Lionel, and stepmother, Sherry, requested to be allowed a 10-minute private meeting with their son before he was sent to Columbia Correctional Institution in Portage, Wisconsin. Ooh, Portage. Um, the request was granted, and the three of them exchanged hugs and well wishes before Dahmer was escorted away to prison. Three months after his conviction in Milwaukee, he was extradited to Ohio to be tried for the murder of Stephen Hicks. Suddenly this guy's schedule's filling up. He pled guilty. Uh, the court hearing lasted 40 minutes, and they sentenced him to another life sentence in prison on May 1st, 1992. That's like not even an episode of Better Call Saul that he no. just he got that sentence. Um, so now he is in prison in Portage, Wisconsin. Uh, for the first year of his incarceration, he was in solitary confinement due to uh, concerns about physical safety for him. Oh, that's totally unreasonable. Um, with Dahmer's consent, after one year, he was transferred to a less secure unit where he was assigned a two-hour daily work detail cleaning the toilets. Shortly after completing uh, his lengthy confession in 91, he had requested a Detective Patrick Murphy to be given a copy of the Bible. The request was granted, and Dahmer gradually uh, devoted himself to Christianity and became a born-again Christian. Which isn't that just nice. Uh, on his father's urging, he became a devout creationist. And uh, okay. in May 1994, Dahmer was baptized by Roy Ratcliffe, a minister in the Church of Christ and a graduate of Oklahoma City Christian University in the prison whirlpool. Oklahoma City just brings up a bunch of other things I'm thinking about. But yep. Go ahead, though. Um, so until this... Uh, him and Ratcliffe, Dahmer and Ratcliffe, uh, they would meet on a weekly basis. Uh, he would kind of ask about the crimes, and then they would talk about religion and how he felt bad and blah, 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 blah. It is interesting that he went back to religion, though, too, because like, when he was living with his grandma, he was trying to get into religion, and then he realized that wasn't helping him. For, for a brief time, he was like into Satanism, but that was like for like two weeks or some shit, and he was like, none of this is helping. But he, he like dabbled in it and, like, yeah. It kind of makes sense that he would he would go to it here in this end times, eh? Yeah. So in July of 94, fellow inmate Osvaldo Dorothy tried to slash Jeffrey Dahmer's throat with a razor made out of a toothbrush. Nice. And uh, he, th- this was on Dahmer's way back from uh, one of his weekly meetings with Roy Ratcliffe. Uh, he got wounded, but nothing serious, just like a little mark on his neck. Yeah. Um, According to Dahmer's family, he had long been ready to die at that point and was pretty ready for any punishment. Um, yeah. I think he was, like, provoking other prisoners, too. He was, like, looking at him saying, like, I'll fucking eat you and that kind mm-hmm. of shit. And, like, he was, like, I think he wanted to die. No, he did. Because, he definitely wanted to die. Uh, Joyce Dahmer uh, would talk to him weekly on the phone, uh, his mother. 
And uh, she, the last phone call that she got from him, she expressed uh, concerns for his physical well-being. And his direct quote was, quote, it doesn't matter, Mom. I don't care if something happens to me, end quote. Boom. Uh, you can just see the bangs covering his eyes. On the morning of November 28, 1994, Dahmer left his cell to conduct his assigned work detail again. Accompanying him were two fellow inmates, Jesse Anderson and Christopher Scarver. The trio was left unsupervised in the showers of the prison gym for approximately 20 minutes. At 8.10 a.m., Dahmer was discovered on the floor of the bathroom of the gym, suffering from extreme head and facial wounds. He had been severely bludgeoned in the head and face with a 20-inch metal bar. His head had also been repeatedly struck against the wall in the assault. Although Dahmer was still alive and rushed to a nearby hospital, he was pronounced dead one hour later. Anderson had also been beaten with the same instrument and died two days later from his wounds. So Christopher Scarver went to fucking town on these two guys. like, I'm taking this in my... He was a vigilante of jail. Uh, Scarver, who was serving a single life sentence for a murder committed in 1990 informed authorities that he had first attacked Dahmer with a metal bar as Dahmer was cleaning the locker room uh, before he attacked Anderson, uh, who was also in the locker room. According to Scarver, Dahmer did not yell or make any noise as he was attacked. Immediately after attacking both men, Scarver, who was believed to be a schizophrenic, returned to his cell and informed the prison guard, God told me to do it. Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead, and God told me I had to do it. Uh, Scarver was adamant that he had not planned the attacks in advance, although he later told investigators that he concealed a 20-inch iron bar used to kill both men in his clothing that morning. Sometimes you got to do that, man. you gotta, um, you got to walk out of your home prepared. Joyce was extremely upset. Uh, she wrote a letter to the media saying, quote, Now is everybody happy? Now that he's bludgeoned to death, is that good enough for all of you? Did quote. she spend another week in fucking bed, like, just not taking care of her kids? Jesus Christ. Um, the response of the families of the victims were relatively mixed. Uh, most of them were pretty pleased uh, with his death, but there were some that pretty much felt bad either in the sense of he didn't suffer enough or they were just like pretty much like well or it was like he didn't have to die yeah it you was know? like punctuated with some religious empathy like uh, mercy thing or whatever um pretty much what happened uh the district attorney that uh sent Dahmer away made a public statement saying that you are not allowed to turn Scarver into a folk hero making sure to note that even though Jeffrey Dahmer was an evil man he was still murdered um, on May 15th of 1995, Scarver was sentenced to two additional life terms of imprisonment for the murder of Dahmer and Anderson. Um, so all that happened. Uh, although he had confessed in 1994 to having a concealed weapon on him, uh, in 2015, he publicly stated, uh, that the murders of Dahmer and Anderson resulted in a confrontation from which one of the two men had poked him in the back as the three had begun their assigned work. Uh, he said that either Dahmer or Anderson had poked him in the back hard enough to anger him, so he turned around and beat the shit out of them and killed them. Yeah. Jesus. Um, 
This is what he claims. Uh, Scarver claims that immediately before murdering Dahmer, he cornered him in the bathroom, presented a newspaper article detailing all of Dahmer's crimes, and demanded that Jeffrey Dahmer answer whether this was true or false. What? <laughs> he, like, has a newspaper clipping? Scar- uh, Scarver further alleged <laughs> that he had been revolted by Dahmer's crimes and that Dahmer had been openly unrepentant and that Dahmer taunted prison employees and fellow inmates by shaping his prison food into imitations of severed limbs, complete with ketchup to simulate blood splattering, and the prison staff, knowing of Scarver's hatred for Dahmer, had deliberately left the two unsupervised so that he could kill him. Yeah, well... Furthermore, Scarver stated that Dahmer was so disliked by fellow inmates that he required a personal escort of at least one guard wherever he went, every time. Uh, Dahmer had stated in his will that he wished for no service to be conducted and that he wanted to be cremated. Uh, In September of 95, he was cremated and his ashes were divided into two separate urns given to his father and his mother. Hmm. Um, Dahmer's estate was awarded to the families of the 11 victims who had sued him for damages. Uh, In 96, Thomas Jacobson a lawyer representing eight of the families, announced the planned auction of Dahmer's estate. Although victims' relatives stated that the motivation was not greed, this clearly sparked uh, controversy. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, Milwaukee Civic Pride, which was a civic group, uh, was quickly established in an effort to raise the funds to purchase and then later destroy Jeffrey Dahmer's possessions. Uh, The group pledged $407,000... Uh, including an extra $100,000 gift by Milwaukee real estate developer Joseph Zibber for the purchase of Dahmer's estate. It's probably enough, right? Five of the eight families represented by Jacobson agreed to the terms, um, and Dahmer's possessions were purchased, transported to Illinois, destroyed, and buried in an undisclosed landfill. Holy shit. That's actually pretty cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. On August 5th, 1991, a candlelight vigil was attended by more than 400 people uh, to support the dead people, the victims. Mm, yeah, okay. Um, Oxford Apartments at 924 North 25 Street, where Dahmer had killed 12 of his victims, was quickly demolished yeah. in November of 92. And you know, the, his neighbors probably weren't too bent out of shape about that, huh? Yeah. Uh, the site is still a vacant lot. Um, alternative plans were to convert the site either into a memorial garden, uh, reconstruct new housing, or, twisted enough, a playground. And all three of those were what? shut down what? immediately. Yeah, Jesus fuck. Um, Lionel Dahmer is retired now. He lives with his second wife, Sherry. Yeah, and he wrote a book about it, like raising his son and all that, and he's capitalizing on it. Yeah, and they absolutely refused to change their last name. And uh, they said that even though he was a sick man, it was still their son, and they love him very much. Yeah. His brother changed his name, though. He yeah. is he is off the map. He is, he is living, living La Vida oh, Loca. Yeah. Um, so Lionel published a book called A Father's Story, and a portion of the proceeds go to the victims' families. Uh, most of the families actually showed support for Lionel, uh, although some of them sued him for using their names without consent. Well, yeah, you can't do that. Um, but that's about it. Uh, Joyce Flint, uh, his mother, died of cancer 
in November of 2000. Uh, prior to her death, she had attempted suicide in 1995. Dahmer's younger Again. brother, David, changed his surname and lives uh, right now still uh, anonymously. That is the story of, of fucking J.D. He's, uh, He's a wild ride, bro. He did what he did. Here we are talking about it. What do you I think, Mitch? What do you think? Yeah, give us some insight. Um, well, I don't know. It's it's definitely like a classic serial serial killer, you know, that you hear about. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting, like what he did and like why he wanted wanted all of the, you know, the body parts. I just think it's weird. He's a sick freak. Yeah. You don't really hear about serial serial killers doing that. Mostly, you know, it's like sexual, a sexual thing. With him it was, but it was also like, you know, like eating him and you know, even doing experiments like drilling a hole in that guy's head and like pouring whatever it was. Yeah. I do want to dispel one rumor. Uh, it's often circulated that Jeffrey Dahmer was sodomized to death with a broomstick handle. No, yeah, that, that is that's, simply not true. That's just uh, that never nothing went into his ass when he died. Okay, yeah, he that, was that journalist just to got too like uh, poetic, too poetic with it, you know. But uh, no, no, he there, was there, there was no broom handle up his anus. So he was just yeah, beaten to death like uh, like Tuomi. Yeah, right. He was beaten, bashed with a metal bar, slammed against the wall, and he did not die instantly. As I said, he went to a hospital and died slowly that same day. Too good for him, you know. But yeah, so that is Jeffrey, that's Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. Yeah, and we figured we'd go with him because I mean that's the big Kahuna. He's the big Kahuna man. He's a, like Mitch was saying, like it's a it's classic. It's like he is the the biggest serial killer story. Like if people think serial killers, it's it's one of three, and he's probably the biggest one. It's Dahmer, Gacy, and Bundy. But he is definitely like the most Bundy's overrated. Fucking metal and terrible one. I don't like Bundy or Gacy. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I don't like any of them, but... And fuck Manson. Yeah, Manson, Manson didn't do anything. He killed a drug dealer I, on accident. And I, I like... I, I always have a soft spot for Charles Manson. Yeah, but he's more... He's like a cooler cult leader than no, he's a not, serial killer, you he's know? He's not like well, a yeah, serial Yeah, he's not even killer. a serial killer at all. He he didn't even kill Sharon yeah, Tate. But when he people, was just fucking in charge. When people bring up serial killers, they're like, oh, Manson. is like, no, no, he wasn't. He was a good cult leader, okay? Now, he's a good dude to, like, I mean, if he wasn't as crazy, to, like, get into the mindset of these types of people. Yeah. Because he really was kind of, like, wild and out there, but he, could, he would tell you stuff. He could you probably know? pick it apart with some sort of uh, wisdom, but I don't know. So it's like know. Ed Kemper was the talker. He helped people, like, kind of understand the mindset. Yeah. And I think Charles Manson could have done the same thing. Um Jeffrey Dahmer, I don't think, could have done that, mostly well, because... Well, he, he sort of was a talker in the time that he was still alive. Oh, no, he was. Sentence, you know, like, he... I'm sure you we would have gotten much more out of him if had he not been, like, murdered in jail. No, definitely. But, I think his motives were a lot different than the rest. Mm, oh, yeah. Where Ed Kemper was more of the, like, abused child. Yeah, he Dahmer was like, was, I hate my mom, so I'm going to do all this stuff. Not to, like sugarcoat this or anything but in a sense like Dahmer is your typical like just begging for attention you know and then when he doesn't get it and he feels like an outcast he drinks and makes horrible decisions horrible terrible decisions and uh, makes shrines about it yeah so there's that with him 
Yeah, man, that was that was Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, I hope you guys liked our series on it. Yes, right. we love you. We'll be back. Yeah, next we week. are starting a cult. Follow us on all the stuff. Uh, oh. Donate to our Patreon. I forgot to tell you. Forgot to tell you guys. We have two important pieces of it. Three important pieces of information. How, how many? We will be getting a new sponsor soon. Yeah, it'll, it'll, so it'll you know. be coming. We won't say anything yet, but uh, there's some new stuff in the works. It's coming. Right? We have T-shirts. They are available for purchase for twenty dollars. They look amazing. Please, All right, if you're guys. interested in the shirt, reach out to us uh, either on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, personally, I'll or email yeah, at we'll startaculturegmail dot com. Yeah, we'll try to set up some sort of marketplace for them. We uh, we have shirts. We would love to sell them to you. And um, also, just on a side note, let's say Dahmer's a little like too much for you. Uh, I I stream video games now. Yep. How about that? Yeah, Grant streams his video games. He uh, he, he plays he plays all the good stuff, right? Uh, Left 4 Dead 2. I'll play. We got Rocket you want. League. We got uh, we got uh, we got uh, what do we got? NFL. A bunch of stuff. NFL. Whatever you want to see me play, yeah, I'll play it. Man, there you I'll, go. You, I'll you, play it all. I'm yeah. doing that now, and I'm plugging it here because I'm shameless, and what's, I'm plugging it here. What's your name on there? It's just Handicap Peach. All one word. Handicap Peach. You yeah. heard it here. If you're all interested. Right. Tell me, uh, tell me about it, and I'll send you the link. Streaming on Mixer, but yeah, uh, yeah if, if we're uh, if we're if we're if we're plugging stuff right now, my uh, my band just came out with a uh, a single. We announced, oh, uh, we yeah. announced an album that is coming out on April 10th. It's No Object uh, Makeshift. Look it up. Look, look it, it up, up now. Look it up. It's on Spotify. Just look up uh, No Object, and uh, you'll see my pretty face in there. Hell and, you! Uh, hear me sing there. All right, we'll be back so next yeah, week. Uh, we are starting a cult that's grand over there. I'm Jake. Mitch was here, and uh, we had an artist uh, painting for us. Yes, we did. And uh, we have shirts. Uh, Patreon, you got to do that. You got to follow us and like all this stuff, right? We'll post some pictures of ourselves in these shirts. Uh, see if you like them. Maybe we'll get them, send them over to you, and you'll be good. Hell, yeah! we'll sign them, too. Yeah, why not? Who cares? We'll get like a, what is it, a silver marker? Oh, yeah. Well, that'll be cool. I got one. Yeah, if you want to. If you don't want that, it's whatever, but you know. Silver, yeah! Silver. Goodbye. Anyway, yeah, we are starting a cult. Goodbye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.